0: Welcome to the Good Life EDU podcast presented by the Nebraska ESU Coordinating Council. I'm your host, Andrew Easton. Thanks for joining us as we discuss the latest in digital learning across Nebraska and around the country. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back for another episode of the Good Life EDU podcast. And I am really looking forward to having a unique conversation today. We're going to talk about a terrific professional learning opportunity here in Nebraska, uh, as I am joined by Julie Moore, who is the NITA Executive Director. Uh, and we're gonna talk a little bit about the spring conference and some of the changes that have been made to that, get into some details about what has gone on already. It started uh, and their support's gonna be ongoing here for the next few months. And so I'll let Julie tell you a little bit more about that coming up here. But first of all, Julie, welcome to The pod.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, and thanks for taking the time. Um, for those that aren't familiar with you, Julie, can you kind of give your backstory in education a little bit and kind of that road to becoming the executive director of NIDA?
1: Sure. I would be happy to. I, just like many of you out here, have been in the education world for many, many years, but I started uh, working at universities, two different colleges, uh, one in Missouri and one in Virginia. I have a master's degree in educational leadership and so really that's where my focus is and my passion is in that realm and so i worked in student affairs at both of those universities and that kind of led me into a path of leading and working with others and and just enjoying that seeing other people rise to their potential and um, working for a common good and so how that led me to Nita actually is my husband. Uh, he is a technology coordinator, or previously, I should say, in a school district in Nebraska and has since moved into a different role. Um, but he was heavily involved in Nita, um, and I knew he had gone to this spring conference before and I knew a little bit about it. Um, but when the opening came up uh, for executive director, he had heard about it at a conference and spoke with actually a previous board member and said, hey, I think that you should look at applying for it. So um, very non-traditional path into the position, I would say, uh, but I'm thankful for it. And I have really enjoyed it the past eight years, getting to work with leaders throughout our state, the, the best of the best, I think.
0: So to start things off, Julie, will you tell us a little bit about NITA as an organization?
1: Um, so NITA is a nonprofit organization and we aim to serve educators all over. We have members from all over the country by championing innovative practices for all. That's our, our vision or our tagline, but we, we have over 7,000 members and we provide professional learning opportunities. Like you said, when we get to work with other great state organizations and, um, organizations throughout the country too, to really serve our membership and fulfill that vision of ours. And so I get to work with a volunteer board of 22. They truly are volunteers. They serve willingly and openly our membership, and um, they really are the the decision makers, the driving factor of how we get to serve our members. Um, They are in the schools. They are in our educational service units. They are working for the state. They're working for all of our educators and our members. And so I, I am fortunate to get to work with them in this capacity and so, when the pandemic hit, uh, right, we were just a couple weeks away from our annual spring conference, and and that really is, um, I think, what Neta is known for. We we offer a lot of professional learning opportunities outside of that conference, but I, I do think if you say the word Neta, that is what most people will associate the organization with is is our conference, and so right from the beginning of the pandemic we were faced with some very tough decisions much like schools were right and and students um and and figuring out how to serve our constituents like all the administrators and teachers were figuring out how to serve their students and so yeah it it started right from the beginning we we had some tough conversations and we looked back at our vision and our mission and and how we can best support um the work that was going on and um a time that I think people moved into quickly. And I know we're gonna talk a little bit more about that, but that's just a brief overview of kind of how, where we are and kind of where we started with those those pandemic questions.
0: I love that you mentioned there a little bit about kind of getting back to your core message, right? That you brought in this, your leadership team and said, let's look at our vision and, and what are we about? Let's build out from there. And uh, I think that that's, that's just inspiring. It's good leadership. I love, I love hearing that. Uh, and so what were some of the other things then that maybe took place? So, so we're, if we're on a timeline, that's happening probably, what, March, April, May of 2020. Uh, and so then what were some of those next steps that followed uh, that those initial conversations?
1: Yeah, we wanted uh, a lot of the conversation also surrounded around how can we best support? There's a lot of things going on a lot of different pieces a lot of people doing good and just the realization of this was new for everybody and so we really wanted to meet people where they were or where they were going to be in that springtime and just getting um adjusted to what was asked of them in the classroom of it completely changing um to remote uh acknowledging that kids didn't get to say goodbye it was a quick transition um, and what can we do as an organization in the technology realm right of supporting and helping and, and educating those people in this transition? our members and outside of our membership too. And so we know that they transitioned very quickly. Um, we know that they had the best interests of the students in mind. And for the needest side, the board had all those conversations. they were in the schools they were this was happening. Um, and their job roles as well and and where we ended or where we chose to pursue the path of okay we have had this strategic plan that just was implemented a new strategic plan that was just implemented last fall and in that was offering a, a multitude of different learning opportunities so Maybe the conference wasn't in the cards this year. Maybe that was too much. Uh, The pandemic chose to shut that down essentially, right? Uh, We couldn't have large Mm -hmm. gatherings. The shift of focus needed to be um, on students and getting them prepared to transition to the remote world for the rest of the year, um, although we didn't know it at that time. And so the board uh, took an opportunity to look at some of those things that we've been having conversations with over the last couple of years Let's start implementing some things in some smaller um, ways or some different avenues of learning outside of the conference, which was in the plan. Uh, I think the another silver lining of the pandemic was it just gave us the opportunity to implement it quicker. So um, we were able to put out a webinar series um, over the late spring into the summer that was free that we were able to offer anybody really to participate in some targeted areas and some learning that would have taken place at the conference. Um, And we started a book study and we tried to again meet people where they where they were knowing that they were potentially overwhelmed, potentially solely focused on the the role and the job that they had in front of them, which was to teach students or support staff if you're not in the the classroom. And that's okay. That was okay. And so Nita just tried to find um, its place knowing that our mission was amplified or maybe greater or more visible than it had been ever before. So that was the, the path that we took
0: yeah it's as you're sharing that too i don't know if this as an analogy connects but it 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 just feels like nita as an organization uh was experiencing some of the same things that our classroom teachers did just in a different form right whatever things you felt were at the core of your value system and strengths (laughs) abilities in normal times then met this moment of crisis where and I, i love that's where innovation happens right where you take something that a successful in one context and you kind of force it almost to have to breathe in another context and when you do that you have to kind of create the connections between that lead to new experiences yeah. uh, and i i feel like i'm hearing that and then also the delivery of it is another component and that's what you're sharing there with regards to the webinar that maybe this isn't an in-person uh, experience and so what does it look like then to leverage technology to be able to facilitate that in a new space and uh, it's interesting to sort of draw those parallels, I guess, between what an individual teacher might go through, and at the same time, it's what an entire organization <laughs> can be invested in, in supports. Right,
1: and I think if you're you're truly serving your membership, right, that is going to continually change because the needs continually change. Um, and so that's what I always at least try and have in my mind or, or thinking about in conversations um, with the board and decisions that um i provide information for them to make
0: and then you go from in the spring where we were primarily because of everyone sheltering in place it was all remote where now we have this unique situation uh, and we were talking actually informally before we started to record in the pod that there are uh, my kiddos are in kind of more of a hybrid where there's concurrent learning that's taking place uh, and I know you're sharing that maybe your kiddo's a bit in school for most of the time or the duration. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and And so the scenarios are so different. And so how it's tough to be responsive to such variety and the needs that are out there at this time?
1: Yeah, I think you're you're right, and it can be overwhelming to think about it in that way but uh the conversations that we we continue to have our, our goals are still the same they may look a little bit different how we accomplish them but the core is still there so that's what we continue to, to try and focus on and we know that just like kids in a classroom ad- adults in our membership they all learn differently too um, and so we really have worked hard the last couple of years to provide different learning avenues for our membership too. And I think the pandemic um, in the last couple months is just to reinforce that, um, the importance of that, and the relevance of it. And, and so it's been good in that respect. Uh, we offer our uh, podcasts as well to our membership and we have a blog. And, and as I already mentioned, uh, we started a webinar series and had a book study and you know we offer uh, kicked off the first learning academy this year. And so a lot of good things have come out of Nita just for different learners just like in the classroom and i think if those goals don't change you may just have a, a different way of getting to them
0: oh, i absolutely love that and tell me a little bit more as you're you kind of went there for a moment about this learning academy so um you said it's kind of first year running that and so what was kind of the vision behind that particular piece and how, how's it going
1: yeah, it's going well. It's exciting. um, it, it, it has directly come out of the strategic plan that I know our membership had an opportunity to have input on and and the board has worked hard on. but um just the the framework of bringing a group of people together that want to focus on a, a targeted, topic or a piece and then learning together throughout a number of months. And so this first academy that we um, have kicked off, if you will, um, is the Google Certified Coach Academy. And so we've had an opportunity to work with Google, which has been so amazing. They've been so supportive and given resources and ideas and It's been a really good partnership. The academy started in October and it's going to run until March. And hopefully at the end of it, we have prepared um, some, our participants, which uh, tech integrationists and coaches to become certified Google coaches. And so um, it's been a fun learning experience. We actually have partnered with IDEA in Illinois, which is the affiliate for the state of Illinois similar to what Nita is to Nebraska. So that has also been able to give our participants a new perspective of what's happening and in other states and their school who most of them in the state of Illinois are fully remote. And so it's been some good dialogue within the academy and I I just really like the the framework of it and the intention behind it. So I hope our participants are enjoying it, enjoying it as well. We've gotten good feedback so far, but it's still early.
0: I just love it that it is growing the capacity within our state for those folks to help others so not just necessarily for their own professional learning but with the intentionality of saying we're going to give you the opportunity to become certified and then through continued i'm sure collaboration with google there's going to be opportunities really for those folks to to share that knowledge and grow our capacity across the state and that's going to just be tremendous
1: you just hit it. You said it better than me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow.
1: Yep, that's great. The, the purpose, right, to to make some true impact in schools and to continue to grow and and to have some more um, deepened conversations and support for the educators, for sure.
0: Wow. And so to have all of that going on through March, in addition to the revamped spring conference. So I'm going to I want to double back very quickly and just say that I love the spring conference It is. it was the first conference I ever attended and I, in that moment was just kind of in awe of how many educators attend and the the great ideas of the that you get in the sessions and uh, it really was I was like I need to learn in this fashion more (laughs) and as I've had a chance to go to other conferences, it, it is uh really stands out you know for a statewide conference it is a really incredible experience and you you bring in such great speakers uh just love uh being a part of that in person Mm -hmm. and so now how do we sort of take some of those great things and and make that work in a virtual environment right like digitally here and so what's uh what's been the thought process behind kind of that revamp for 2021
1: yeah well thanks first of all i appreciate the the compliments and that truly goes to our hardworking board who brings innovative ideas and continues to revamp and hopefully meet the needs of our our membership and attendees for me the amazing thing about that conference our conference and has been and i think always will be it is the people the it's the people right that are there that are sharing that are presenting that are willing to to share the great things that they're already doing in their jobs, whether that be a classroom teacher or in the technology realm or library media specialist or maybe at the ESU level. So many great things that are happening and their willingness to share with others and then to have a conversation to say, well, this is what I implemented, but I didn't think about it that way and I'm going to go back and try something new. And so I think that to me has always been the power of of the event. And so moving into 2021, Planning events just does not happen in a couple of weeks. And so the board has been having conversations really since March of what, what potentially will next year look like and how can we still serve our goals? As I talked about earlier, we still sticking and making sure we are holding true to those goals and trying to accomplish them, not straying away from them just because 2020 into 2021 is different. And so that has been the basis of the conversation still. The, it's the people, it is, the goals, they don't change, but I do think it is important to note that the 2021 Spring Conference Series is not the in-person Spring Conference. It is not necessarily intended to be, and let me explain that very carefully, too, because I love that the in-person event. I love the connections that get to happen. And I love the learning and the energy. Um, Maybe it's reaffirming that you're, you're on the right track or maybe it's learning something new. I love that. And I don't think anything will ever be able to replicate that or take its place. But what I hope and what the feedback we've gotten from so far in our spring conference series is that it's a different type of learning and and we've all gone through that this year right it's different and so what i have challenged people in my conversations about and the board about is this conference in the the platform happen is not going to be the in-person event but what can it be what can we do that maybe we could not do in person as well or as effectively? And that really has been what has shaped this conference series and what I'm most excited about. Uh, I talked earlier about meeting people where they are, and I'm hoping that the series has done that so far and will continue to do that through March, really, and then the content being available through May. So I can go a little bit deeper into that.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. I. Well, and I would say, too, I've had conversations with multiple people and I'll like Dorian Avy is one. I know that I've talked with her multiple times about this and, and Otis Pierce, uh, amongst others, that you're so right. That in person uh, is just so meaningful because it's it's the session that sparks the idea that leads to the informal processing of that downstairs when you're having lunch. <laughs> uh, that really solidifies some of that. Thinking and how you're going to take that learning away and implement it back into your own practices. And uh, I've also appreciated going to sessions with Melissa Pilikowski, for example. The two of us will hear the same thing and kind of be sharing notes and and challenging and supporting one another through our respective implementations of those things thereafter. And uh, and the new connections too. Uh, you know, I just love all of those pieces. So I'm so grateful to hear uh, your reframing of that to say that that. That is one experience, but there's also a ceiling, a different ceiling that this spring virtual conference series can try to address. Uh, And so, yeah, we'd love to know a little bit more about some of that and and some of the offerings um, that are uh, gonna take place during those respective sessions.
1: Yeah, you know, I read an article recently and it, it talks about modern corporate learners and it goes into, you know, some detail about how people need practical and relevant online training resources that translate into real-world application, but they're they're busy. They don't have a lot of time to invest in um, online training courses. And, and what they're really looking for is more experiences that are targeted and that they can get quickly and learn differently. And so... I thought it was an interesting article um, and we had already honestly shaped the the spring conference series, but um, for whatever reason, it spoke to me a little bit about what we are hoping the the spring conference series will do for for our learners too. Um, Being able to focus on personalized learning a little bit more and flexible schedules. And I know, Andrew, you know, you're know you a big proponent of the blended learning and you guys talk a lot about that. We're hoping that this series does that for some of our, our members, that people can look at the session schedule and they can say, that's not going to be relevant for me right now, but maybe this session is. Um, and so they are able to either attend live, which we hope that they do. So we're still getting that interaction and that, I'm um, learning in that environment as well. But I think that the power of this series is the on demand content. Like, if you are not able to be there, or if you missed something in a session in the in person realm, you wouldn't have an opportunity necessarily to go back and rewatch or to relook at something that you learned. And so I think that there is great value and great power in the opportunity in this conference platform hop in to be able to go back and to really model what we're asking teachers to do in the classroom. Um, We want you to learn about something. We want you to go and try it. And then maybe it didn't um, go as you thought or that you didn't remember (laughs) was presented like at that session and you can come back and ask that presenter in the next month or you can go back to that session and you can this is maybe the wrong terminology but fast forward to the part in that session that you missed and just rewatch that or maybe you're watching um, a session that happened in january um, today and the beginning part of it you already have heard you've already implemented that um, so you can just move it along until maybe a part where it's something new is there and there's just a lot of value i think in being able to personalize uh, that attendee experience in this realm that we wouldn't be able to do as easily at an in-person event and and so that was kind of part of what i was alluding to and the fact that it's it's not designed to be the same as an in-person event this is a different learning opportunity with the same great content the same ability to strengthen your teaching practice or your educational values or reform or whatever you're looking to do through through the conference it's just a shifting your frame of thinking and focusing on different things Um, we still have networking events too like we we want the community to be together we want we know it's different but that doesn't mean it can't still be fun and successful and so we have um, networking events built into the schedule too
0: I really appreciate hearing about all this. And that's part of the reason I wanted to reach out and have you on the pod because I love thinking about how we're flexing to be in these spaces and to meet, as you're saying, where teachers where they are and educators where they are. Uh, And I think that on-demand feature is really considerate of, I think, our kind of mental and emotional states as well. Uh, I know that there are some days where my ability to consume more information is, I I, I get topped out and I, I just can't, I don't have the energy and I, and I maybe don't have the time, but, but if it's there and if I have access to that, then I can kind of make that fit where it fits my schedule. And so I, I love that aspect. And, I, and I'm sure that it happens for teachers, right? Maybe the start of the semester is busy for you, so you're going to wait until two weeks in. Or maybe it's that unit in February that is always just drudgery in person or remotely. And so once you get past that, then you'll be ready. Or you know that you have a really cool... Thing coming up in April that you need a couple more tips, tricks, and tools for. Uh, and so you start to maybe hand select the things you m- will need to be able to equip you with the information necessary to do that, which in person, and if you're live, uh, you're going to need to fit that into your schedule and get it all in in a 48 hour span of time. And so I, I'm with you. I see kind of the flexibility here that does provide some some different positive outcomes
1: yeah and i think one thing we you haven't or i haven't touched on too is the ability to continue to build from one series to the next Um, not only in content but relationships too and um, exhibitors are a huge part of our event, and i I hope uh, value to our attendees as well and so being able to start a connection and conversation in january um, and then being able to follow up in february and saying you know i did some research and now i have some more questions and just being able to have a platform to make it more available and, and to continue those conversations again, which is, is harder at the in-person event. It, it, like you just said, it's your 48 hours of get as much in as you can, and then you're on your own. And so this, this also allows for more support throughout the process from Nita as well as uh, those potential exhibitors and relationships that you have built with them.
0: And as of the time that we're recording this year, first of those three, right? Uh, So help me out with the dates, I guess, to begin with the first one.
1: Yeah, the first one, uh, the first series was on January 4th. Mm -hmm. um, And we had chosen that date to hopefully kick the new year off well with learning opportunities. And knowing that some schools had some in-service days and professional learning days that day, that maybe they could take some advantage of that content. And so... That was the premise of that date. And we followed that up in February. So we chose February 15th, knowing that not every school has a professional learning day that day, but some do. And so it's again, sticking to our objectives, like how do we meet people where they are and looking at those dates. And and so that's why those two series dates were um, chosen. So January 4th and 5th was the January dates coming up will be the 15th and 16th in February with some other events uh, throughout the month as well. We have a workshop and we have an esports tournament that will take place in February Uh, and some other events, um, not just in those two days, but trying to be intentional with the dates that we picked. And then in March, uh, the dates that hopefully were on people's calendar for the last couple of years of being March 25th and 26th. And then we added Saturday on again, just trying to meet people where they were, if they were, in the classroom for Thursday and Friday, they'll still get to do the on-demand content and, and learn on their own, but wanted that personal connection and so added Saturday into.
0: Yeah, and so having uh, already navigated January 4th and 5th, what was your experience with some of the feedback? Like, where, where are your thoughts after that?
1: we've gotten some good feedback we've gotten some helpful suggestions um, that i think we can easily implement for february and i'm gonna i'm going hold on to every advantage we can in this space and that is is one of the big advantages is learning from one series to the next and keep on improving just again like we ask teachers to do in the classroom and in anybody's job doesn't matter if you're in education or not right you continually hopefully try and improve and learn um, from what you've done previously. So we've gotten some really great feedback. People are loving the on-demand content just as uh, we hoped they would. And we're seeing that there's still connections being made. Um, a goal of mine is to to further those connections though as we build on each, each series. So we hope the learning opportunities are still strong. I believe they're more relevant and that people are... Um, Going to be able to do some things they haven't been able to in the past
0: this is so beautiful i love all of that as far as the vision and like the thought that that is accessible uh to all of us you know really ongoing over the course of the semester for those that get involved in the series and uh even kind of a point from earlier too that bubbled back up in my thoughts as you were sharing there is that that on-demand piece or the progression also allows for that that subtle revisiting that can highlight a piece of information that was shared before but maybe wasn't necessarily as pronounced in the person's perception because they hadn't done it uh and so there is like you're saying that the implementation can then bring about this realization that oh i heard you say that but i didn't really think it was that big of a deal until i tried it now as you hear it again in the video or in the subsequent you know follow-ups uh yeah it really gives that uh, next level support that i think is really powerful and helpful uh, for folks trying to implement things
1: yeah and and i hope people take advantage of it so if you're listening and you're attending please do Um, that is one of the goals uh, that we we want you to explore to take advantage of
0: yeah, and I think it's a pretty natural segue as uh, we, you know, half hour. I always say goes so fast <laughs> on our podcast. Uh, but yeah, what um, share? I guess kind of a part, a closing message, if you would, something that maybe does speak to some of that hope uh, for this time. And I know it's been so consistent throughout. Uh, I just can tell as a leader everything from the vision that you expressed at the start of the pod, like in March, that has just driven everything uh, to this moment. But uh, yeah, what would you kind of say to educators? Interested in the Nita Spring Series?
1: Well, I just I think thank you. I think people don't hear it um, as much as they should, but thank you um, for what you're doing. It's always been a tough job, and I think this last year has proven to be even more of a challenge. And so, uh, but just a genuine thank you from from me. And I get the privilege to work with such amazing leaders in an educational technology organization, and really to help and support educators and not just to implement technology, to implement technology, but to truly make a difference in preparing students and kids to be ready for their futures, no matter what path they choose to take. And so if you're thinking about wanting to continue to invest in yourself, which I encourage you to do, whether that's this conference or taking time for yourself or doing whatever you need to do to to be a better person, We hope that you consider it as Andrea said, we've been intentional and in the decisions that we've made in this spring conference series, learning opportunity, but regardless, just thank you. Uh, We hope you have a 2021 that is better than 2020 and I wish you all the best. Thanks for all you do.
0: I could not agree more. And so become a NETA member if you're not (laughs) and check (laughs) out the conference. And because I've been one for the duration of my time as an educator in Nebraska. I've been grateful um, for that opportunity to be a part of that community and this conference experience. And so I wanna close by saying thank you, Julie, for, and to your board as well, uh, for all of their efforts to step in and help lead support And help us grow during a really challenging time you know you can really says a lot about people and when they're able to step up in the time of a crisis because it's it's not easy for anyone to do at that time but that's when leaders are needed all the more and so really grateful um, for all of your efforts with that so thanks and thanks for joining us on the pod
1: thanks so much for having me i i truly appreciate the opportunity